Welcome to Wrestling Wild Black. I am Scorpiogi. And I'm R3, the people's champion. The people's champion indeed, my brother. How you been? Good, man. Just a very busy week. Uh, we got to hang out uh, down in Atlanta not too long ago, which was awesome. It was awesome. For our first podcast. I'm excited about the uh, what we have in the future. So, you know, busy week, but um, I'm excited to get started on today's subject. How Bro, about you? I'm, I'm in a good place. The, the feedback so far has been really nice, you know? Uh, having people uh, give us shout-outs retweeting us you know that that's that's been a good feeling uh especially i want to give a shout out to black wrestling alliance uh it it definitely felt good for them to follow us back on instagram i definitely enjoy all of their content they give us a lot of news so i definitely appreciate them so shout out to black wrestling alliance definitely yeah we definitely appreciate you without a question yeah 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 so this this topic about diversity that we're going to cover today you and i have been talking about this since before we even had a really good grasp over what wrestling while black was going to be oh yeah without a question um we, we, we and you both me and you both come from different backgrounds and that's what makes this relationship so dope this partnership so dope is my perspective in the world and also your perspective but then we are unified by our love of professional wrestling so yeah it's definitely a necessary uh, conversation that needs to be had, especially in the world wrestling entertainment world and universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for you uh, fans out there, we're going to come from two different perspectives on diversity today. So both of us are black men. However, it's going to be a perspective of black and queer me being a queer man, I decided to take diversity in that direction. R3 is going to take it in more of a black direction to kind of give you guys an idea of some of the troubles that we've seen when it comes to professional wrestling, when it comes to exclusivity, I mean, inclusivity, you know? Yeah, without a question. It's uh, And all these different messaging boards on Facebook and Instagram, it always seems to be a divide between the, the wrestling fans of color and some of our more paler friends um, and just a lack of true empathy or just a lack of awareness um, or just, just blatant ignorance that a lot of uh, in the community seems to be a, a small group or a well-sized group who are ignorant to the feelings of people of color in the wrestling industry, especially since there's not so many of us. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely been uh, kind of grinding my gears on that and I really wanted to talk about that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, where would you like to start, bro? Yeah, I mean, so, me and you both had this conversation, uh, especially around the Lars Sullivan uh, comments. I wanted to kind of get your perspective coming from a queer man's perspective, um, especially in light of AEW and uh, the comments made by um, the wonderful Cody Rhodes, his specific approach to diversity and including different individuals. I would like to hear your perspective about how WWE historically, in your opinion, as a 20 plus year wrestling fan has handled it. I just want you to kind of go down the line and about maybe just your feelings over the last couple of years. How you feel as Medell and then kind of bring that back to the Lars Sullivan uh, situation. It's... It's been interesting watching the growth of professional wrestling, uh, especially in regards to AEW. I feel like AEW gives you a really good idea of what wrestling is going to look like from the perspective of millennials, you know? 
Or, I mean, in Cody, well, yeah, Cody Cody would be considered. He he is the age of a millennial. So looking from a millennial perspective, it's like where how we've grown, where you look at a Vince McMahon and his kind of old school way of thinking. I mean, even when you think of his favorite wrestlers, he usually likes really big, t- tall, like super muscular jacked dudes, you know? So the, the idea of a Finn Balor or a Seth Rollins or a Daniel Bryan or Kofi Kingston, you know, or Ricochet, for him, that's kind of like, eh, you know, they're all right. Those are the people that Triple H pushes, you know? So it's like with him having that battle right there, it makes it a little difficult for him to begin to wrap his mind around the idea of being even more inclusive to people because you can't get them out of just that one box alone to begin with. So... When you begin to look at wrestlers like Sonny Kiss, Sonny Kiss is one of the very first wrestlers, and this is a queer individual. And I say individual because I don't necessarily know Sonny's pronouns that they go by. So I'm not trying to, you know, label male or female. But Sonny Kiss is an awesome wrestler and was one of the first wrestlers signed to AEW. Now, Sonny Kiss is queer. And I thought that that was major because Sonny Kiss was a part of, uh, oh, the name is escaping me. Uh, they come on, they have episodes that have been on Netflix and everything. It's a lot of, uh, Lucha wrestling. Glow? No, oh, no, Lucha? no. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like, it's not, it's not triple A. I cannot remember the name of it right now. And it's L- going to... Is it Lucha Underground? Lucha Underground. Thanks, bro. There we go. So, yeah, Sonny was on Lucha Underground. So, when I first saw them on Lucha Underground, I was like, okay, that's amazing. Because I, I, I all I saw was Sonny on the independent circuit. So, I didn't think it would get to the point where they would actually be on, like, something like Lucha Underground. So, from there, I was like, okay, well, I'm assuming they can go anywhere. Because if they can get here and the audience is respectful, they can go anywhere. But here's the deal. I believe that in AEW, I believe they're going to do okay. The The thing that you, you you normally find, and I'm not sure if you've seen this as well, bro, but often in the independent circuit, there may, there may be some haters, but a lot of independent uh, wrestling fans just like good wrestling. They could really care less, you know? And one of the things I've loved watching Sonny is that the audience has just really gotten into Sonny as a wrestler. They could really care less about Sonny's queer identity, you know? And that has done my heart good because that's the way that it should be. It doesn't matter who you are, black, white, gay, straight, you're stepping into that ring as a wrestler. Now, you're gay, very much so. So you're going to operate in a space of queerness because that's who you are, but that's no different than someone who, you know, comes down with the the quote-unquote valet and let's say it's a Macho Man Randy Savage-Elizabeth relationship. You feel me? So it's like, okay, this is out in the public. Everybody sees it. It's no different than what it is with Sonny. When Macho Man gets in the ring, though, it's about how good he was as a wrestler. So that's the case when it comes to Sonny. I don't think Sonny would be able to be in the WWE right now. Now. Still in 19, I mean in 2019, I still don't think the Sunny would be able to be there because Vince McMahon hasn't wrapped his head around the idea of someone like Sunny. Now, I could see Triple H having Sunny in NXT, definitely. I could also see Sunny getting over as you've been able to see from Velveteen Dream. Now, they've pushed Velveteen in a way where clearly you understand that at the very least he may be bi, but he's definitely not gay, you know? So I feel like with Velveteen, he could have gotten over because before they started having him come down with women every now and then, all you saw was him being sexual towards men. And the audience loved it. They could have cared less. He was a great wrestler. You feel me? 
So I, that's the reason why I know that Triple H would have been able to get Sonny over. However, I feel like the minute Sonny would have gotten to the main roster, everything would have changed. And they would have been destroyed. And here we are with the issue. And you, 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 know, you asked me to bring it back around to the Lars Sullivan issue. And this is my thing. I feel like Sonny would have gotten there and Sonny would have been torn apart. And you see somebody like Lars and it's like there wouldn't there would have been a locker room full of people defending Sonny. But the higher ups, the main person in charge wouldn't have done it. It would have taken a Stephanie or a Triple H to defend Sonny in the, on the main roster. However, Lars Sullivan gets there and you have the complete backing. It's all a whole thing of, well, he apologized so we should let it go and blah, blah, blah. And my thing is, is that so you're pretty much going to force him down our throat, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and and that's my it, issue. My issue is you're going to force him down our throat, even though he said all of these things about lots of different people. <laughs> it's not even just black and queer. Pretty much, if you can be offended by something, he's said something about you. You know? Oh, oh yeah. I actually want to go into. Uh, I don't want to get too much deep into the quotes, but I do want to give you uh, just a little uh, our listeners a little bit deeper eye opening piece to it. As an example, uh, Lars Sullivan. Uh, uh, some of his comments said, uh, as an example, he said that uh, he said that there's a gray area when it comes to the definition of rape. Totally unacceptable. That's fireable right there. Wow. He also, yeah, he said there's a gray area when it comes to the definition of rape. He also said he talks about Muslims as well and Hispanics. He says they should be demonized for their religion. He also said that they are violent and have a violent agenda against America. Not to be racist, but it seems like white people are more willing to take responsibility of their own lives than blacks and Hispanics. We are all for government. We are all for government handouts. So basically, he's also even said that Kofi Kingston and R-Truth, they could be a black prison gang. So um, several of those statements alone are, borderline, are, are just enough to get fired, period. And for the uh, World Wrestling Entertainment to just give him a, a $100,000 fine and try to glaze over it with some half-assed apology and no real work uh, really lets me know the mind of a Vince McMahon. And this is similar to the behavior of uh, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As well, his behavior should have him removed forever. And now I know he's a great wrestling uh, legend. You know he's done so much for the industry. Uh, but if you have an, a multi-billion dollar organization, because they've just signed all these contracts, yeah. they have to live up to a certain quality and standard. And for them to have the hypocrisy with a Lars Sullivan and not being able to uh, be consistent. As an example, even Titus O'Neil was suspended 60 days for literally just touching or, shake, or shaking Vince McMahon's hand too hard. Lars Sullivan didn't get that. If they were going to suspend him, they should have given him a minimum of six months, $100,000, and put him back in NXT. Or just took him off TV for the next six months. So for me, um, as I want you to get back to your point, it has shown uh, on, a, on a consistent basis that Vince McMahon, who was the owner of the WWE, his lack of of uh, ability to really be consistent across the board with these issues. And again, this even shows an even bigger highlight. Mm -hmm. why AEW could really be a game changer or the real popular word, they could be a, um, a dis uh, disruptor in the, in the wrestling world. So I just want to kind of, kind of give people a little bit more context to how bad WWE's uh, response to some of these things have been. Yeah. Uh, what you were, uh, what what you said is you you really hit something when you talked about what happened with Titus, 
because that completely I think that caught a lot of people off guard and when the whole situation with Lars took place you're sitting here thinking to yourself this was what Titus saw as a, a physical joking situation that happened with Vince you know it's like, dude, I've worked for you for years. I'm fairly certain there's been more than one occasion where they probably joked with each other. Now, who knows what kind of day Vince was having? I don't know. But the way that you reacted to Titus was very disrespectful. And you sit here and you see what it is that's happening with Lars and the fact that even after all of these things... Now, mind you, we have to put out there that these quotes are from years ago. However, with that being said, and I want to say, I want to say something, and I believe very strongly in this, bro... If you had someone of Middle Eastern descent make these kind uh, make these kind of comments, you can be sure that they probably wouldn't have just been suspended. Like they would have been fired, like completely. You know, I I don't really see someone who looks like Ali coming on there and you know you go back into his tweets or Reddit or something like that from even ten years ago and being able to say well. You know, this was 10 years ago. He's grown a lot since then. No, you would call him, you know, uh, somebody who's trying to destroy America and a terrorist and all of these things. And he'd be fired. Plain and simple. Oh, yeah. but And also even another uh, piece to the puzzle is the terrorist angle, the, the infamous terrorist angle that they shot in the early 2000s with The Undertaker and... Um, I the uh, I think it was Muhammad Hassan. Yeah, Muhammad Hassan. Yep. Yeah, that crazy angle where they literally made him a terrorist. This is not too far after September 11. Yep. Not not too far removed, and so the WWE has consistently shown their lack of ability to be to change with the times in terms of what's what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, it's, it's just it's it's an ongoing thing, and it's weird to me that when you go into some of these, these online posts and stuff, that a lot of these wrestling fans who may not be as cultured uh, in, in, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, WWE universe will say, well, you know, forgive, forget, let it go. Yeah, you're being too sensitive. No, it's, it's not. We're spending our money. We want to be entertained. And we want to have uh, equitable, equitable treatment uh, with across the board. And it's, it's not acceptable. No, not at all. And, and it's funny because being people of color and, you know, in, in my case, with my queer existence living in this country, we already have enough things that we have to battle against day in and day out. We go and watch wrestling because we want that escapism, you know? We want to be able to have a moment where we can just get away and truly enjoy something. So seeing the exact same politics play out in our entertainment feels disheartening. And it, it makes you begin to wonder, is there any spaces that we can go into where we feel like everyone is treated equally? You feel me? Like we, and I think you mentioned this on our, our premiere episode, we shouldn't look at a situation like what's happening with Kofi right now and be able to say that he is the first, you know? That's a problem. And and I understand that, of course, people make arguments about rock being uh, the rock being... Uh, multiracial but it's like when you look at Kofi you haven't seen someone as the WWE champion who looks like him with all due respect to The Rock you know and even if it was The Rock bro here's the issue the problem is is that people keep bringing up The Rock the problem is why do you why are you only able to bring up one person that's the argument 
The argument exactly. is you should be able to bring up more than just The Rock in 2019. Oh, yeah, and the weaker argument, they'll say, well, you have Mark Henry, you have Booker T. These, that's the world heavyweight champion. Right. And we all know that when WWE purchased WCW, that the world heavyweight title was a secondary championship. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Even though it had the legacy in history, and it had a wonderful history and legacy, but at that time, it was greatly diminished yeah. so it's almost a a token championship so to speak yeah so so to give me that bullshit uh argument that that was good enough bullshit now i want to give you this i want to throw a curveball with you this mm-hmm. now kofi's been in the wwe 12 almost 13 years am i correct yes randy orton has been the the, the ch- a champion how many times uh has it been 13 16 times he's been world he's yeah he's been he's been the uh he's been champion 16 times in total okay wait 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 wait, wait. so so wait are, are you sure because i know cena is 16 and i know randy isn't equal to him yeah i think let me double check that to be okay. I'll, I'll double check but i'm pretty sure like with the heavyweight and the uh and the world wrestling the world wrestling entertainment championship give me one second okay uh i'm checking for you right now but go ahead but continue but but it's but the, the point is regardless of how many times he's yeah. been double digits right champ, champion yeah. and kofi literally one time yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> randy orton we know randy orton is the gold standard we know randy orton is a great uh, uh uh physique he has all the looks he comes from a great uh uh background uh he's a you know as a, as a generational wrestler yeah. as a multi-generational yeah. talent but the fact that he's double digits absolutely and kofi kingston literally has only one championship yeah yeah don't want to hear that bullshit again the thing that i think is interesting <laughs> is that all you have to do is give someone a chance. And when I say that, I mean, first of all, you you gave him a bunch of mid-card titles, and that's okay, because it was able to build up his legacy. Then he came with the New Day, and you were able to see that he was able to do more than you thought he was capable of. Then finally, because the, the, audi- the, the fans pretty much had to force your hand, you gave him the title. Now, when you first gave him the title, and and here's what I'm saying when I say give somebody a chance. When they first gave Kofi the title, he wasn't doing so well on the mic. So you saw more of Big E and Xavier doing it. However, in giving him the chance, now I honestly believe with Big E being hurt and having to step down, you know, step away for a little while, it gave him even more reason to speak on the mic more. And with that, mind you, it happened in weeks. Didn't take months, in weeks. In weeks, he got much better on the microphone. Now he doesn't need a oh, now he's really or good. biggie. Exactly. And this is what happens when you give yeah. someone a chance. Imagine how many years ago they could have done that, you know? Oh, exactly. And and another thing, um, which is even, it is 13 times, by the way. You were correct, sir. Okay. Um, the fact of the matter is this. I love to use that word. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm the people's champion. So the fact of the matter is this. Uh, <laughs> um, when you have again Randy Orton, thirteen-time champion, Kofi, one-time champion, and uh, and this is the thing I've heard people I've listened to other wrestling podcasts and I've heard that you know to be honest, yes, New Day is great and yes they're a great group, but in order to even separate Kofi even more and make him even more uh, a, a bigger uh, reign uh, as he should have, they need to take New Day so Xavier. And um and Big E, mm-hmm. they stay New Day. They do their tag thing. They get tag titles, but they need to figure out a way to kind of 
to 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 stagger their appearances so that they are not always around Kofi because in a way even though we we would hate to see them break up in a way when they're always around Kofi and helping Kofi out it does diminish his singular ability as a champion he yes New Day is great yes it's awesome to have them together they should still have the the alliance together they should still look out for each other but if Kofi's really going to have a reign that's memorable and he's not going to feel like it, I feel like sometimes he's like Yes, Kofi and the New Day, and he's champion. I really want them to take it up just a little bit, just another notch, one more notch. They need to change his music a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. And I think he needs a slight rebranding. Not a big, strong yeah. We love Kofi for who he is, yeah. but a slight rebranding. I wanted your perspective on that because overall, his reign thus far on the scale of 1 to 10, I'm sitting at a hot 7. And I wanted your perspective on on Kofi. I'm sorry to kind of switch gears from no, Mark no, Sullivan, no. but I really wanted to get how they're using this reign, not just as a as an as a uh, opportunist type opportunity. Yeah, but I wanted your perspective on that. I actually like this. I'm I'm glad to turn it toward this. This is a really good conversation. So first of all, I would actually agree with you on the seven. Uh, I believe that there are some things that they could do to make it much better. You know. Uh, and like you said, a seven. So it's not like you have to go far, but there is more that you can do to be able to give him a really good reign. Uh, I do believe he needs new music because my thing is, is that as a team, they can come down to the New Day song. But why is it that separate they need to as well? You feel me? So yeah. that's one. Two, I don't even think it it only diminishes Kofi. I think it diminishes the two of them as well because yeah. all three of them are capable of being world champion. Honestly. Oh, without a question. Because without you a question. have three guys who are good wrestlers and good on the mic, you know? Without a question. So it's like I look at them. I, first of all, I'm glad that the two of them, and I'm so glad that Big E's back so this can happen, the two of them are tagging at Stomping yes. Ground. Good. Yes. That's the way it should be. Yes, you know? I agree. I um, agree. But then it's like after that, because here's here, – and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our fans who are listening are probably going to have, you know, some, some comments about this. But – I think that the New Day are equal to the Shield, honestly. Oh, oh yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Even though they're more clownish, and at first I thought they were buffoonish, but the way that they have uh, taken that narrative yeah. and that goofy zaniness and kind of defined it in their own way, and yes. they found meaning in it and being free black men and doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, but New Day, really, and we're talking about the tag division being a little diminished as well yeah they should they could help bolster that if you gave them a little bit more uh work in the tag division as well i mean i would love to see daniel bryant and um you know to go against the, you know the the, the 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 world's tag team champions or the, the the planet's tag team champions to go against the new day absolutely sans kofi sans, sans kofi. kofi yes sans kofi. yes and, yeah meaning i like i don't even want kofi at ringside you know? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. He can cheer them on from the back. Like you can do a cut from him in the back and yep. say, "Hey, yes, guys, yes, guys." But Kofi, if you want to take him to the next, next level, I mean, we're talking like you want to put a real rocket strap on him right now. I feel like it's a a a uh, a pocket rocket. Yeah. It could be a world class NASA type rocket. Yeah. Um, and that means uh some serious matches as well. So. Yeah, I just want to. I'm, I'm glad you gave me that feedback. I'm glad you feel the same way. I don't want New Day to break up. I just want them to define, to define their ways, their their individuality a little bit more, and really Kofi just to really 
stand out and really get that good run that he deserves. Because, you know, eventually that, that strap is going to come off, and we got to give him a real legitimate uh, run here, not just, the, you know, for the for the, the, the our uh, social justice warriors. <laughs> well, two, two things that I want. Um, I, I would like for them to finally give Xavier Woods the respect that he deserves. Oh, yeah. Because I'm looking at it like in order for us to have a true argument about them being as great as the Shield, because right now, if you put the amount of titles of Big E and Kofi against the Shield, you, you have a winner. But the disrespect yeah. for Xavier is insane. So it's like, you know, he's never had a singles title. So oh, he, yeah. he could be United States or Intercontinental Champion easy. You know, yes. Like I've waited so long. Like I, and like like you said, I don't want them to break up. But if they were to ever break up, you want to talk about a mastermind behind a stable? Yeah. Oh my god! Like he could put together such an awesome stable of wrestlers and be like oh, yeah. the head of it. That would be amazing. Exactly. So that's exactly. one. The second thing is is that I'm not here for WWE taking that strap off of Kofi and then we have years before he gets it again. That's BS. Exactly. Exactly. That's BS. Especially exactly. because, and, and bro, I don't know if you've noticed this, but his popularity hasn't diminished even a little bit. You know yeah. how sometimes you'll have wrestlers who are like, you know, the audience is really behind them because they just want to finally see them with that strap. So they're going to push mm-hmm. them all the way to the top. But once they get yeah. there, the audience kind of fades away. Yeah. That has not happened with Kofi yet. Not yet. No. So I'm no. like, yeah. And the audience is... Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. Yeah, and, and the audience... I think they're very similar to us. They're like, yeah, we're cool with the run, but they can do more. Yeah. And uh, so that's 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 what I feel like people are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. But, but because people know that he's capable of having even greater matches. But oh, yes. that, that also takes Vince understanding that you have a shitload of wrestlers. Let's start putting them on television. You know? Exactly. Like, exactly. Honestly, Oh, yeah. And I'm so happy Ricochet finally gets his shot at stopping grunts at a championship. He is so talented, literally, as a worker, yeah. that him, if you have a a good uh, feud or a good series of matches with Samoa Joe, if they do it right and they really get some heat on Samoa Joe, um, they could do some things. They could do some really wonderful things. They're both world-class workers. I yeah. mean, seriously. Um, well, really, they just like- got finished proving that with Cesaro. The two of them put on absolute classics. So, yeah. Oh, that- exactly. They almost saved Raw pretty much. <laughs> listen. Listen. That part. The- them them, in the Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> Those yes, <two> exactly. <laughs> I don't want to see... I don't want to see Ricochet win it at Stomping Ground. It's no, no, I don't. Not either. big enough stake. Yes, I want him to come very, very devastatingly close. I want SummerSlam to be his time. Yep. To get the title. Yep. Now and then you kind of work a good program with him throughout the you know some Raws and you kind of build that and then maybe that could culminate at a WrestleMania if you want or Royal Rumble or or one of the other you know Elimination Chamber or Extreme Rules or whatever the case may yeah. be. Yeah, I, I really want him to have one of those kind of runs where, like, he gets put through the ringer. Like, he has yeah. matches where you feel like he's just an inch away from losing. And then yes. he pulls it out, you know? Yes. And the audience is behind him because they're like, how can he keep doing it? You know, he yeah. keeps doing it. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I honestly would argue, I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say. Oh, okay. I would argue, <laughs> I would argue that uh, Finn Balor and Ricochet are on the same uh, level when it comes to in work ability. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I, I, I don't want to hear shit from anybody. Oh, Finn Balor is way more. No, 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 no. Ricochet is uh, he's absolutely 
amazing. I am worried at times because of his of his, his work rate. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit worried about that. But again, uh, he, he he does a good good job with that. He needs to be careful with those uh, you know diving off diving over the top of the ropes all the time every single match. <laughs> I think that's a little much. I think they need they need they need to give us to us in spades. You know, don't always give us that. I think he can work a little bit more groundwork, but but still have those hot spots and those in those big bumps. Uh, but yeah, I think Ricochet as well. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up to you as well is um, I wanted your opinion or uh, getting back into Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. I think uh, now I think he was he he was pretty good in the indie world right before he came over to the, the WWE yes. right. He was mm-hmm. really so he Austin was also Creed, in NXT. In a, in a, yeah, NXT and also TA as well, right? As yes. Uh-huh. Austin Creed. Yes, he was. Okay, so my thing is, guys, so remove those stupid-ass shoes he got on, those goofy-ass shoes. <laughs> look like look like a goddamn lawn gnome, okay? Um, and then, <laughs> look like a Negro lawn gnome. <laughs> wow, not a Negro lawn gnome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I get rid of the goddamn shoes. I'm sorry, bro. It, it's serious. Um, that's how I really feel. And uh, but in order for him to get, if, if you want him to challenge Finn Balor, who's, extremely popular and a serious serious worker um you're going to have to really build up xavier over a period of time you're going to have to have him beat uh like a um you know like an undoubted uh you're gonna have to have him beat um who, who else i mean they don't no one else really gets tv time i mean so who else could he beat in your mind who would you give me three wrestlers that you would want to see him beat in order to build his resume up to, to wrestle finn balor who would you want to do that because you can't just go straight to Finn. He's got to really oh, establish. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna give an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Because again, I don't want New Day to break up, but yeah. I don't see Xavier reaching as high as he can reach without him being a bad guy, without him being a heel. Okay. Because I I feel like his personality gives to Mastermind heel. However, okay. if we're going with him being a face, then mm-hmm. you said who? You said Andrade. And then mm-hmm. we have who else is on SmackDown? Because the, the rule is so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like with Wild Card. It's like I don't even know who's. Oh, Elias is on there. He can be Elias <laughs> easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because Elias is is so over that he can get beat by everyone, and the audience would still love him. So exactly, as long as you got that goddamn guitar, yeah, you'll <laughs> be all right. <laughs> But he he also needs to have matches like the matches Kofi has had. Like, you need to take Xavier through, you know, like, have him wrestle, like, a 15 to 20-minute match, you know? One where he really has an opportunity to show his skills. I feel like with a lot of these wrestlers, especially, like, with an Apollo Crews, Uh WWE has diminished them so much that some of their skills are a little, you know, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say they're gone, but it's like you need to allow them to show more so that it can still stay fresh. That's how you injure somebody. You injure a wrestler by not giving them an opportunity, you know, in live shows or on regular television to be able to show off their skills they're really good at. And then, you know, it's like when they finally decide to do something, they haven't done it in a while and they end up injuring themselves. It's like, let them do the same things that Triple H let them do in NXT. Because exactly. if you don't let them do these things when they decide, like a ricochet, when he decides, oh, well, I'm going to do this move that I've yet to do on the main roster, he'll do it and then his ass is out with an injury. So it's like either right. allow them to be themselves who they were before or just tell them not to do it at all. You know, but I'm getting away from what it was you were asking. So even let, let's have face to face and face matches, you know. So it's like you can have yeah. a Xavier Woods go against an Apollo Crews or something like that. And it's yeah. like the audience will be there for it because it's just good wrestlers. I think I said this on the first episode. We're at a place now where the audience just wants good 
wrestling. They could really care less about if you're... Because Cesaro, they go up for him. Joe, yeah. they go up for him. They want yeah. you to be a good wrestler. They could give a shit about if you're a face or a heel, you know? I agree. Well, so I'm going to give you some people who are on the SmackDown roster sans the fucking wildcard rule. <laughs> I'm going to give you some people who are worthy opponents for Xavier okay. uh, to really to really build that that um, that resume in order for him to get a real push towards uh, like a Finn Balor. Okay. So Ali, all yeah. right? Oh, we got absolutely. Ali. So, absolutely. Now, actually, I would prefer Ali to get the bump, actually, the rub before Xavier, simply because of the injury. So, Ali, he could do that. He could also do a Cesaro. He could beat Cesaro. Um, He could also do a program with, uh, let's see, Kevin Owens. Yep. He could also do a program with Randy Orton. He also could do something. Remember, we can't forget, we got Rusev, uh, Shensuke Nakamura. Shensuke Nakamura, right? Right. So, so really, I would like to see Shensuke and him go at it. and, and there's a lot of stories. You could, you know, they could really make, I think they really could make the Intercontinental a fucking amazing. Oh, they can. They oh, can they break, can. <laughs> oh, yeah. They can the reputation back. Because just think about it. In my opinion, I'm going to give you the, the, the people that I think are Intercontinental level quality. I'm going to give you my, my, my perspective. You tell me if you agree. So, Ali, definitely. I, I, right, I see him as WWE title, but yes, for this conversation, exactly, we can say. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. But he's 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 on the cusp of. I feel like he's above the Intercontinental, but he's right under the champ. Like he's right oh, in yeah, the cusp. Yeah. So we got Ali, we got Big E, mm-hmm. we got Cesaro, mm-hmm. we got Daniel Bryan, we got um, we could do Jeff Hardy, but he's kind of his 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 ship has so uh, has sailed in my opinion. Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have uh, Randy Orton. We can do Rusev. We got. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, and so those would be, in my opinion, those would be the um, the intercontinental quality. So, as an example, you could take um, Xavier Woods versus a Rusev. You could do a program with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, like a really good program, where somehow you take video games or some sort of dastardly thing, where they're like, you know, where you make Xavier a superhero or something. Because uh, Shinsuke, I think people prefer him as a babyface. Um, even, you know, I just think he was best utilized as a babyface. So or just go against Kevin Owens because they already have a program with Kevin Owens portraying um, Kofi. So yeah, how about him versus Kevin Owens? Yeah, for, absolutely. Uh, with him, you know. The thing is with with Shinsuke, I feel like, and uh, it's so funny because when when I'm by myself, I pronounce his name correctly, but then when I talk to other people, I pronounce his name the way that they do in America. Um, <laughs> but when I I feel like he would be a better heel outside of WWE. In WWE, yeah. I feel like he's better as a face, but he's yeah. also better as a face if you allow him to be himself. You know, Vince watered him down to make him the rock star and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, that's not that's not who he is. He's the king of strong style. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's once again a situation where he's just being used incorrectly. But that's a tale as old as time where it comes to Vince. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Kevin Owens versus Xavier Woods. That would be awesome. I, I personally would prefer Xavier versus Sami Zayn first. And I'm only oh, saying yes. that because you're putting yes. uh, Xavier against a former Universal Champion in Kevin Owens. So you can be pretty sure he's going to come away with the W at the end of that feud. But with Sammy, you can have a pretty good idea Xavier can pull that out. You know? Oh, yeah. Sammy, and Sammy's a good worker. Sammy Very works much. His yeah, he does. He's underrated, actually. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. he is. He, yeah. yeah, boy, he, is he. <laughs> that, that, that's another former NXT champion, but you'd have no idea. You'd have exactly. no clue. Exactly. That's very true. Um, so, 
Yeah, it, it's uh, it can be a lot be done there with Xavier Woods and and Biggie really separating them out. Um, now, all right, so now we got okay. So let's just go continue with this narrative, right? Mm-hmm. We got Xavier Woods competing for Intercontinental. I think he's great for at least one shot. Give him give him an opportunity uh, to get the one shot with that. He gets his title shot. Um, now, what do we do with Big E? What where does Big E and Xavier get tag titles as well? And Xavier gets the Intercontinental because like, uh, Big E's already had Intercontinental as well, right? Yes, he's had. I think I think has Big E had both? Has Big E had uh, Intercontinental and uh, United States, or I'll was double, it just Intercontinental? I'll double check for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I feel like right now. With where they are, it would probably be a situation where you'd need Big E as, and, and this would be a great way to bolster uh, 205 Live, but Big E would probably have to be Intercontinental, Kofi would be WWE, and uh, Xavier would be uh, Cruiserweight. Okay. Um, which would take so a little bit of weight for him to lose, but it's like if you if we want all of them to have titles, that's the direction we would have to go in. Uh, and I honestly feel like they need to stop treating 205 Live like the redhead stepchild anyway. Um, yeah. But as yeah, we, they should just fold that into to to SmackDown, or fold, no matter of fact, fold that into Raw because you got three hours. Take that same bullshit ass time they do 205. Nobody really watches for the most part. Take that, put that in the third hour, and uh, there you go. You got way more action packed. You have an issue with the third hour anyway. Put 205 Live guys there. Put a chip on their shoulder. Make them work. People want to see workers. Kind of. You can bolster up Raw that way. That's my opinion. I think that would make sense. So I'm going to go in the opposite direction of you. And yeah. uh, wow, I really do feel like Steven Larson right now. <laughs> I'm going to go in the opposite direction of you and put them on SmackDown. Okay. Uh, I, and this, I'm going to put them on SmackDown when they go through Fox. So okay. I'm going to put them on SmackDown on Fox on Fridays because there's their third hour. And the audience gets into them when they're when they perform before SmackDown, not after. So it's like, okay, just make them a part of that show already. So now you can have a three-hour show, given the opportunity to be workhorse wrestlers on that show. That'll lead people like with WCW with the cruiserweights. That'll lead people to actually want to watch because they're like, wow, we get to see these amazing wrestlers. Where did they come from? They came from the WWE Network. For some reason, they didn't promote them enough for you to care to watch them. So now you can see them on regular television. You don't have to go to the WWE Network anymore. You know. You don't even need cable in order to see them. Streaming to see them. They're on Fox. So you just go ahead and watch them whenever you feel like it every Friday, you know? Now, my biggest concern, if we do that on SmackDown, I barely... Today's customer is generally short attention span. Today's customer, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of the product. If we... We know how hard it is for them to produce three hours of Raw. I understand your perspective about doing uh, three hours on SmackDown. I would hate for that to be the case. SmackDown has a legacy of two hours, right? And I really feel you already have a program that has three hours anyway. Raw is the is, is supposed to be the main one. I, I get your opinion. Of, yes, you want more hard-hitting, more action-packed, so SmackDown is there. But I think SmackDown could, as it is, if you take Cesaro and you take Xavier and you really bolster the chase for the Intercontinental Championship and you really bring some really good storyline for that, and because uh, traditionally the Intercontinental Championship is seen as a worker's belt anyway. Absolutely. So if you really get the working rate up on that, I think you could, SmackDown would be, so be fine with the two hours. Whereas with Raw, you know they signed that deal for the three hours. It is what it is. Um, and that 24-7 title is not going to be enough to keep people wanting to watch the third hour. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, maybe there's three hours in general is terrible. But um, 
I just, you know, well, hope- Fox already stated that they don't plan to be uh, B players to, to Raw. They've already yeah. let WWE know that. They're like, we're not going to, this whole, you know, they're, they're number two. Number two to Raw that dies with us, you know. So if they, we're like the amount of money we're putting into you guys, cut that shit out. Like that, that whole chapter so, ends, you know. So their so, whole thing so you is, watch, I'm sorry. So do ahead. you want to watch three hours? Do you I will watch-, watch three hours of SmackDown before I watch three hours of Raw in, <laughs> in a heartbeat? Because most people who are into actual wrestling like SmackDown more. You know, oh yeah. Any any fan of that course. you ask will let you know. Oh yeah, if I want to see actual wrestling and and less of these little crazy ass storylines, I'm gonna watch SmackDown. You know. Now, if but, we were to bring the wild card challenge to an end, we have to remember that Cesaro's a Raw superstar, so he wouldn't even be on SmackDown anymore. You know. So that's taken away one of the people who you were using when you were talking about the workhorses. I personally would prefer him to go back to SmackDown myself because I think he's better over there. But exactly. um, but yeah, like with. The 205 Live people, there it's it's this interesting tug of war that's going on right now. On one hand, it's feeling like you need to just go ahead and bring it to an end and put them on the main roster. But then on the or or NXT because some of them are going on to, uh, NXT as well. But they're also mm-hmm. bringing other people over there. Like uh, Chad Gable is now on 205 Live. So it's oh, like God, you have so this sorry. situation where it's yeah. like, okay, do you want the show to be better? Or, like, you're, you're playing around with us. Because me, personally, I love 205 Live. And once Vince finally gave it over to Triple H, Triple H made it a rustling show, you know? Because Vince was doing all types of crazy gimmicks, Enzo. And then finally, at when Enzo left and when his whole reign came to an end, Vince gave 205 Live to Triple H, and it became a wrestling show. The unfortunate thing is, is that so much damage was done to it because of all the corny-ass storylines and gimmicks that nobody cared to turn back to watch the wrestling. Which is, you know, if we would have um, come off of the Cruiserweight Classic and went right into 205 Live as wrestling, that show would be bigger shit right now. It would be huge. But the problem is, is that once that ended, you took months to finally make it into an actual show. When you did, you slapped us in the face with one hour because it's like, OK, honestly, you're going to have like what, five of them perform? <laughs> because mm-hmm. with Vince, you had so many storylines going on that you only got like two matches, you know? So it's like once you finally made it into wrestling, people aren't even interested anymore. So it's like, even though I love it and I know that, you know, you're not the biggest fan of it. I agree with you in the sense that if it's going to continue like this, you might as well bring it to an end. So do you mind. think, what, what about another solution? What, what if they took 205 Live, split the roster, right? Yeah. You split, you give some to SmackDown, some to Raw, and you, again, that adds to, but again, they, and it just comes down to, they have a lot of wrestlers. They really do. Um, and, and if you're going to have, I mean, you could, this could literally be the greatest uh, era in, 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 in terms of wrestling in the history of, of, uh, of sports entertainment. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Vince doesn't he doesn't appreciate work rate. He doesn't appreciate wrestlers. He wants sports entertainment. Right. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, you know. So we'll see. But yeah. So get so get so Todd is all the way back with a bow. You read um, my mind. I was literally about to say. So I want to ask you a question. Going back to <laughs> diversity. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go, I, going all the way back to that. We know now based off our conversation. There's so many ways that we can really make diversity. Uh, whether it's the roster, just the way we approach different storylines, or even the way we treat wrestlers for their misbehavior. Um, and so it needs to be done. And, and uh, we just can't keep having this 
hypocritical uh, responses to in, inappropriate behavior by the wrestlers. So I'm glad that you gave me your your, your point of view uh, as a queer man as well. Um, and and uh, I'm thankful for you being able to open up and tell me some of those things as well. That oh, means absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't want us to go back to the days of, you know, Darren Young being treated as a show pony. You know, he he, yeah. he comes out and then, you know, they use him. WWE uses him for all these different campaigns and then nothing happens with him afterwards. They give him a slight push with Bob Backlund and then then that's it. You know, I don't I don't want those days. I don't want those disrespectful days of Billy and Chuck in the wedding and, you know, making fun of queerness and homosexuality and all that stuff. I'm done with that. You know, I'm like, bring Sonny Kiss on as an actual wrestler. You know, there are so many queer wrestlers who are, on the, who are on the independent scene right now. Like, dude, I have, I'm friends with so many of them on Instagram. Like, the time is now. And again, it's about your wrestling skills. That's what it's about, you know? And also, when it comes to diversity, one of the things I'm loving about AEW, not only is there inclusiveness when it comes to queer people but also the fact that brandy rhodes is in the highest position of anyone of color right now in a major wrestling promotion and i think that brandy oh, yeah. rhodes being there that says a lot a whole lot you know oh yeah she, she, she pretty much has the same role as stephanie mcmahon i believe right she is the beyonce of uh, professional wrestling she really is her story is very interesting as well and uh just her ability to be able to balance all those things I, I listened to an interview that she had on a big publication. She was talking about her, just, just they were highlighting her, her, her growth and her progress and to where she is now. And it is absolutely amazing. She is someone that you want to cheer for. Uh, she is literally, uh, just literally someone that you have to get behind. And it's so beautiful to see her in that position and doing the damn thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And also, I wanted to just kind of give you this quote that Cody, Cody Rose. Uh, did we go over the quote that Cody, Cody Rhodes said about his rate is his marriage? Oh no, but I loved it. So please share it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, verbatim, I'm gonna. I read this from the Inquisitor. Uh, it says, "I'm in an interracial marriage, and I've learned a lot. And I would have never. I would have never known." He said, um, "One time, I told Brandy, I don't see color." Then she said, "Well, then you don't see my experience." Bam. And I said, "You're right. I can't just say that. You need to be able to see that experience and at least understand it." Rhodes is married so uh, to, to her. And so basically, he, he said he doesn't want to have that old ter ter territory system when they had one of each minority, one Asian guy, yeah, one man. black, and they're all, like, they're all fucking barbarians. So, um, yeah, so I think their approach is interesting. As we know in, in later episodes, we'll dive into the cultural shift that AEW is bringing. Um, I feel like right now they are the bee's knees, and I think they are the trendy pick. Uh, for generation, uh, you know, the this generation of young folks yeah. that different presentation. I um I actually when when R three and I were talking earlier and breaking down the episode, I was going to go through a rundown of the uh, what happened on Raw and SmackDown. But we're fifty minutes in right now, so I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're gonna yeah. leave that off this episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll definitely give you guys a stomping grounds review. Um, yeah, for sure. Perspective, and and we'll talk. We'll we'll continue to talk about other cool subjects. Also, look out for our YouTube uh, page coming up very soon. Where I uh, on that side, I'm our me, our three, the people's champion. I'm going to talk about subjects uh, that are a little bit more in depth about specific people, like Booker T and D'Lo Brown, and maybe some old school stuff that people might want to talk about, and uh, maybe a little bit of fantasy booking. And hopefully, Raven will join me for some of these. 
uh, soliloquies uh, as well from time <laughs> to time. But mainly together, we'll be on the podcast together, but I'll be handling the content on that side. But definitely, please send us emails about questions. Please send us uh, episode ideas so we can talk it out. And hopefully one day we'll start getting to live chats and other things as well. Uh, we really want to be awesome. Yeah. David, anything else you have to say? Wrestling fans are passionate. Seriously. So I'm excited about people giving us feedback. The feedback we received so far from the first episode has been really cool. Seeing everybody who's been joining us all over social media has been a lot of fun. So let's keep this going, you know? I'm really looking forward to what it is that we're going to do with this podcast and making ourselves stand out so we feel like that we're definitely a podcast people want to tune into because we're talking about something different, you know? Exactly. We want you guys all in on Wrestling Wild Black. (laughs) So make sure that you guys are following us all over social media. First of all, you can find us on both Twitter and Facebook under WWB Pod. That is right. That's the same thing on Twitter, right? You got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm still <laughs> I'm like, okay, I know that's Facebook for sure. That's Twitter too, right? Okay, WWE Pod. And on Instagram, Wrestling While Black Pod. And interact. Absolutely. <laughs> like Instagram has been a good like it's been a good look right now. Like R three and I are both on the Instagram page quite a bit, so we've been interacting with people. There is some dude who I saw you interacting with a whole lot, uh, R three. What was it like? Yeah. T- Tiger knees or something? Who was yeah, it? Tiger knees, something. Like, yeah. Shout, Shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out to him as well. And then also the email that you can reach us at in order to send us information so that we can have even better episodes and doper content to talk about will be WWB Podcast Fan at gmail.com. Spelled out as WWB POD CAST. F-A-N at gmail.com and um, yeah definitely follow us uh, on Instagram and we look forward to making some badass content uh, and uh, definitely cracking some more jokes uh, what was the joke of the day what do you think uh, you think a negro uh, what was it? it was a negro <laughs> what was a negro uh, it was a what was, it? What was the joke <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> like Xavier Woods Xavier Woods what, what did you say about him like like a troll or something like that. Oh, with yes. Uh, did, did you say like Negro with a lawn gnome or something like that? A Negro lawn gnome. <laughs> yeah, Negro lawn gnome. That was a deal. That was a quote of the night. That is, uh, I give it, I give it the Dove. I gave it, a, I give it a Dave Meltzer's five star rating for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are getting out of here. We will see you guys next week. Until then, take care. Peace.